If we make it to 100 episodes, yes, we can play Edward 40 Hands until we finish drinking and record a live stream. That's that's fine. I'm okay with that idea. Welcome back to episode, well, I guess not welcome back to, it's, it, it guys, it's episode 13 of the Packy Run, Jesus. <laughs> Unlucky number, I guess. Or I lucky. Mean, I just fucked up the intro, so I guess. So I guess this, uh. It's already unlucky, we're screwed. Yeah, this episode's going to be bad. So, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate <laughs> you. Check us out on our social media. We'll see you later. <laughs> yep, we're done. We're good. <laughs> Alright, uh, just kidding about that. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Mayotte. And I am Adj Lagambina. <laughs> AJ Lagambina. Lagambina. The king of calling myself a Sicilian. <laughs> that's, all that, that's all that I'm the king of. You're, you're one of those people that... Are you one of those people that's like, well, I'm like 60% Sicilian and like 40, like 20% like, like Irish and then like this percent like Norwegian and like, like. I have no idea like what the percentages are. I'm 99% sure that I am like fully 50% Italian. I'm pretty sure I know that my grandfather on my dad's side was a literal Sicilian immigrant and my grandmother's side of the family was some sort of Italian. I think my great grandmother was an immigrant. Was so. he in the mob? He was not. He was in the Air Force. He should I don't know about I mean, his brothers though. I mean the mob would have been cooler than the Air Force. Uh so what are we what are you drinking tonight? Well, tonight I'm finally finishing that six-pack of 1985 IPAs that I've been talking about for this is now the third week, so that's not very interesting. What is interesting... Are you... Wait, wait, wait. Have you had the same pack of beer in the fridge for the past, like, three weeks? Uh, only for the past week. I'm just... I think it's only the same pack. It's the same pack as last, as last episode, for sure, but, uh... But yeah, I've been drinking it for like three weeks on the on the podcast, so I guess that's my glowing review. What makes it interesting, though, is that I spent some of my Amazon gift card money that I had lying around mm-hmm. on the Sam Adams Perfect Pint glasses, which for those who have not been to the brewery or have never seen them before, they're like a normal pint glass. It's got like the curvy kind of figure and everything. Mm-hmm but they are specifically designed to retain carbonation and disperse heat and they look really cool. So I got a pack of two for like 20 bucks on Amazon and I'm making the pour now. Well, I just to go off of that, if you are looking for a good free thing to do in Boston, which by the way, there are a ton of good free things in Boston. Um, And I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast are from the Massachusetts area, but if you've never one percent, <laughs> but if you've um, are looking for something fun to do when COVID is eventually over with, I, I don't think they're doing it anytime soon. But go visit the Sam Adams Brewery. It is free to go to, and they give you tons of samples. And they tell you where you can get one of these pint glasses for free at a bar. And they somewhere and, downtown, I believe. I think so. And they give you like a free like glass. 
Yeah, you get a little sample size glass for the, you know, the samples. It's not like a shot glass. It's a it's like kind a, of significant glass. Yeah, it's like a decent size one. It's like, I'd say like it's like a 12 ounce glass, not quite a, it's not a pint glass, but. It's probably a little bit smaller. Maybe like eight. But it's like, it's nice to give yourself a little something for, you know, pour some juice in it or something. Yeah, it's a good keepsake for sure. Or vodka if you're that kind of guy. I mean, I mean, we know somebody like that. Looking at you, Josh Lutz. We're looking right at you. Um, I, I'm drinking, this is just what's in the fridge and left over from 4th of July because, you know, tons of people over the house and, you know, tons of leftover uh, beer and other kind of crap. So this is a Grim. It's a Passion Dome. Dry. Is it a. What? Is it Passion Fruit? It's. Dry hopped sour ale brewed with passion fruit. It's pretty good. I mean, I'm down with anything that has passion fruit in it. I mean, it's pretty big bottle. So tight. It's good. I mean, I'm not much of a sour person. Um, Neither am I. Most of the sours are like, well, they're too sour. But the the pretty much every passion fruit sour that I've ever had, I've really enjoyed. So you probably like this then. True. Probably a recommend. Um, I don't know who got it, how it got here. I think Grimm is a Brooklyn brewery um, in New York. So that's kind of cool. Tight. So definitely uh, check it out. Have a, have a look, see. Um, I like how it gives you instructions on best served. So it's like 40 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit in a tulip or wine glass. Obviously, I am not drinking it. Well, you can't straight say. out the bottle, bro. I'm just drinking it straight out of the bottle, cause I'm. I just. I don't care that much. I'm a rebel. Sue me. Fight him on Twitter. Fight me on Twitter. It's at Dan Mayer. Beerheads. Beerheads. Fight Dan on Twitter. Yeah. Um. So last week we covered Cam Newton, uh, signing with the Patriots. We saw talked about the Patriots. Um. Fine. Um, Spygate 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, Spygate 2, Electric Boogaloo. And I went on a stupid rant about Fiona Apple's uh, bad album that came out this year. Well, not bad album, but actually, I do have a hot take because I was talking to uh, my girlfriend about it uh, this afternoon. Do you want to hear it? I really do. Taking Back Sunday only has two good songs. That is a that is an extremely hot take. That <laughs> that might be the hottest take that you've ever had on this podcast. I was like thinking about that today. I was like, they only have two good songs, and then Justine was like, "That's a hot take." I would argue it's a wrong take. <laughs> I mean, it's it's we're only here for the hot takes up here in the hot take chamber on the Packy Run podcast. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome to disagree with me, and you're welcome to guess what are the two good Taking Back Sunday songs on our social media. Um, and you can tell me the errors of my ways. I'm going to be tweeting about it as we record this podcast. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, some there's some more about the Cam Newton uh, topic. Uh, Patrick Mahomes just signed a enormous contract for an absorbent amount of money um 
what is it, 10 years for, like, fi- like up to $503 million. How do you feel about this? I mean, <laughs> he is, if, if, if anyone is going to give a 10-year contract to somebody, if I was a team and I had to give a 10-year contract to somebody, I'd give it to Patrick Mahomes. Um... He's definitely worth it. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won an MVP. He's, um, I just think 10 years, is, that's quite a long time. Like, I just have to be very sure about it. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of my thing. If you think about, and if you, if you take the NFL as a whole, right, you can't pay your star quarterback enough. And these are, we're talking about multi, multi million dollar industries. Like, right. I think it was, I forget who I was watching this week. I think it was Colin Coward was talking about <laughs> like the, the Dallas Cowboys during a home game. If they've got a home game against like an upper tier, top tier team, they can clear $500 million in a day, in a few hours. Oh yeah. Like yeah. these are like forget salary caps and everything else. Like these, uh, this is a lot, a lot of money that these organizations are making, and it all hinges on your team being good. And arguably, the most important position on the whole team is a quarterback. So if you have an absolute star, like keep yeah. getting them checks, dude. Like if the company, if the company you work for is willing to pay you that much, take the money and run. Whether or not, whether or not you're actually going to get ten years out of a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who is by definition, because he's so mobile, because he's so active and aggressive and is constantly moving, like his body isn't going to hold up as well as somebody right. like, say, Tom Brady, who is just sitting I mean, there in the pocket. I mean, he can adapt, though. He can. He can adapt. My thing is, there has been a, like, he's not the first person to get a 10-year contract in the NFL. He probably won't be the last, but I think this hasn't happened in a while. Like the, I think the last one was Donovan McNabb. Um, Drew Bledsoe got a ten-year contract. You want to guess what year that was? Ninety-seven. <laughs> no, it was in two thousand one, before the season started. That poor bastard. <laughs> but Brett Favre also got a ten-year contract. I think that was like two thousand or something like that, and. Maybe Michael Vick, which all of those people, all the people that I just named, never fully fulfilled their contract. Um, And I think at some point, he's going to have to restructure it. The cool thing about this contract, though, I will say, is it goes up in continuation with the cap. So it's not like the team is going to be screwed by him. Like... Aaron Rodgers, the amount of money he was paid has really hindered, uh, and I just saw your tweet, (laughs) um, like Aaron Rodgers has really like taken stuff away from the Packers. Russell Wilson has really like, hopefully it doesn't take stuff away from the Chiefs and maybe they will compete, but man, as a Patriots fan, that scares scares the bejeebus out of me i can yeah that he is he's locked up for life i think anybody that's playing in the afc is uh is sweating a little bit right now like that's 
to know that to know that that kid is going to be here and he's going to be here for a while in that capacity especially if he manages to stay healthy like that's terrifying but it also raises the bar and i think as a whole it's going to make the league just that much more entertaining because it's going to force kind of similar to what we were talking about last week with the cam thing right like the league is changing it's a quarterback friendly league it has been for a while but now those quarterbacks are more and more mobile and making their own kind of plays right right so in a way it forces everybody to have to go out and find those those multiple threat kind of players which just means that it's going to continue to get more and more entertaining and uh i mean that was <laughs> that's that's why the nfl is the nfl and yeah. we're still talking about these teams and these players in the offseason um one thought i had about patrick mahomes deal was and hear me out on this everyone listening like if for example cam newton hypothetically if cam newton was the starter which there are more and more reports coming out that he is going to be the definitive starter in Patriots camp. And he goes off, has an MVP type season, like he is the best player in the league. What what would he demand for a new contract? Now, obviously, it wouldn't be Patrick Mahomes type of money, but could it be some sort of like exorbitant like contract? I think that all just depends on, I think that depends on game days. I mean, that totally that's does. The, you know, that's the key there. How is he, everything is kind of up in the air. How is he, how is he playing? How is he reacting? Is he taking hits? Is he, you know. Is he going to be healthy? Yeah. Is he, not only is he going to be healthy in the short term, but is he, is he going to be resilient? If you, if, if the Patriots and Bill Belichick are seeing somebody who is getting back up when he gets knocked down, is fighting for his spot, is, you know, elevating the team around him, then yeah, he can, he can probably ask for a lot when those negotiations come around next year. <laughs> um but I think I mean who who knows we could be we could be talking out of, I could be talking out of my ass but like I mean like he could definitely uh demand quite a salary bump especially since 1.5 million or whatever he he got that's peanuts that's nothing in this league that's nothing like he he got signed to a veterans minimum and true well i mean and the patriots will have the space next year if they wanted to pay him they could and speaking of space they renegotiated was it rex burkhead today yeah they did they just did that um that's that's good i mean i like him i like uh he's kind of like the third option behind sony and james white yeah different change of pace and it's a it's a team friendly deal, which seems to be the norm when it comes to the Patriots. It's awesome. I mean, we gotta cut more salary. There's we still are we still have not a lot of money to spend. Yeah, we gotta figure we gotta figure that out before a season starts, if a season starts, because there's nothing we love more than mid season turnarounds that kinda elevate the team. So yeah. we gotta find some wiggle room. That is true. So yeah, Patrick Mahomes, keep getting them checks. Go ahead. I like yeah. to see him compete, even though I hate him and the Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, he is. I, 
I hate that he's not on our team, but he is so much fun to watch. He is he is an insane athlete. Yes, he's very entertaining to watch, but it's watching Patrick Mahomes is like any time that I've ever been forced to watch The Bachelor. Oh. Like, yes, I understand the entertainment value. Yes, I am entertained by the just batshit insanity that I am witnessing. But I walk away from it every time just being like, I'm glad that this isn't part of my everyday life. I saw one, I was like reading one article and apparently in Patrick Mahomes' contract, it has a lot of things that he can't do. So he can't do anything physical besides football. That makes sense. Like he can't play he can't play baseball, can't play basketball, can't like go on like a jet ski or like anything. He pretty much like he said like someone like interviewed him and someone like asked him and he's like, "Yeah, for now I'm just going to play football and like play video games." <laughs> he's younger than us. So like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. So I'm gonna he's get just going to millions upon millions of dollars and when I'm not working out, practicing or playing on game day, I'm going to hang out with my girlfriend and play video games. Like, yep, yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a 22-23 year old. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, why risk it? Absolutely insane. But good luck to him and the um, Chiefs, I guess. Yeah. But Even though the Chiefs are probably next on having to uh, figure out a name. <laughs> and going in, continuing with the NFL, uh, Redskins, uh, I guess, like, they're considering changing their name now that, like, sponsors are now pulling out. Um it just it makes perfect sense. That's literally like I mean, they should have done it a while ago, but they're only doing it now because money talks. Exactly. And it's, you know, every everything mm-hmm. that happens, every person in this world is a product of their time and we're in a time where those kind of things are kind of having a reckoning. So it makes sense that like now of all times would be when people would be calling out Washington and telling them that they have to change yeah. that name. So it absolutely makes sense, but if only my hometown would change its name of its uh, sports teams. Really? I think it's even worse than the Redskins. Tuxbury? Tuxbury Redmen. Oh no! <laughs> and you know what's messed up about it? Like Massachusetts has a like a thing in place, like a program in place that if you have a like a mascot of like a Native American or like that kind of thing, like Indians or like something like that. They're like, oh, we'll pay you for the br- new branding to come up with a new mascot and everything like that. They'll pay for like ev- like all the new T-shirts, all the new new uniforms. Like the state will t- get you take care of it. On the taxpayer's dime. I'm okay with my taxpayer dollars going towards something like that. I'm okay with it, too. And Tewksbury, for whatever reason, has such a big issue. It's been brought up countless times before. Like, hey, you should change your name. And they're like, no. It's always been this way. So it should always be this way. There's nothing worse than, like, old white townies. But anyways... Now, something we thought would be fun, and you can also play along at home. Um, some of, well, uh, we're gonna joke on some uh, on the Redskins and come up with some names 
for potential Washington Redskins replacements. Are you ready? I'm ready. Would you like to go first? You look eager to go. Oh, I'm ready. Okay, go. The Washington White Boys. The White Boys. The Washington White Boys. Okay. I feel I feel like that's just it's I feel I feel like that's uh that's equal. <laughs> however long the Washington however long Washington has been the Redskins is how long they should be the White Boys, and then they can find a more serious name. <laughs> I you know what? The first one that came to mind is like the Washington Overspenders. <laughs> just just overspending and over budgeting everything, like I think that's a good one. The Washington flops. Now, why flops? Because when when was the last time that anybody talked about the Washington Redskins besides the fact that their name needs to change? That's fair. They, I think the last time they did anything was like like five years ago. They're kind of like an irrelevant franchise, which is kind of sad because at one point they were one of the better like football teams in the league. That's how the cookie crumbles. Well, then they get bad ownership, you know. You could call them the Washington hamburgers because their colors are red and yellow, and they kind of... <laughs> I, was it the color rush jerseys that just made them look like McDonald's workers? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, Kansas City has that same issue sometimes. There's a couple of them where if they're not wearing the right shoes or if they're wearing one of those weird, like, one of their one of their other, like, altern- like one of the alternate uniforms... They, oh man. Rock and roll McDonald. <laughs> yeah, there's, when I've had to watch those teams, every once in a while you're sitting back and you're like, man, I want a hamburger and I don't know why. Um, let me see. The Washington. The Washington Rainmen. Rainmen. <laughs> Washington ca- tax collectors. Washington tax collectors. Or what about... And you can also tweet at us and let us know what is your favorite that we have said so far. At Packy Run Pod. At Packy Run Pod. Um, Washington impeachments. I feel like something like political. I could go on and on with that, but... They could go with something that's almost equally as offensive as what they already are they could just be the washington trumps oh that would be bad maybe that would be a good way to convince uh that would be a good way to convince donald to not uh to not even consider a second term let's finally give him an nfl franchise that he can screw up but he can put (laughs) his name on it he can be their mascot it will look terrible they'll continue to be terrible this seems perfect well he did own a football team at one point it was the like, it was the USFL back yeah, in like so the eighties. So he always wanted an NFL team. It's all, it's all about it's all about the image with that guy. I, I mean, yeah, the image and the branding. Give him an NFL team. Get him out from where he doesn't belong. Let him go sit over in his corner and let his team fail. <laughs> Everything's a joke. Yeah, everything is a meme. This, I mean, <laughs> everything is a meme. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, life is just one big like meme, guys. It's, episode title (laughs) life is one big meme yeah perfect Uh, so yeah tweet at us engage with us give us notifications because that hits your dopamine receptors and everybody likes it so let's have a conversation on twitter or on instagram at packy run pod yes so i think that's all the nfl news that we wanted to cover 
It's, yeah. Uh, it's been an eventful week, considering the fact that, n- that nothing's actually happened. I mean, yeah. Like, um, so a few weeks ago, we did our cringiest music trends. Um, so we did like a Mount Rushmore of that. We're not going to continue with that. We might do that again later on uh, when we are bored or something. But we're going to do the opposite of that and trends we are happy we were into or bands that we were happy to get into or something like that. That led us into other bands and other genres. Precisely. So I think that's a good enough description. Um, Would you like to start off or do you want me to? I'll give you I'll give you the go ahead. It was your idea for a topic. Okay. Um Mr. Idea Guy. Mr. Idea Guy, that is me. Um I'm gonna get you a t shirt that says that. <laughs> I would say the first first one that comes to my head would have to be the Wonder Years. Um currently not my favorite band. I mean I still like them, I still rock with them. They're still one of the better bands in alternative music and pop punk but they kind of sparked my interest and kind of were the gateway into everything else that i have been listening to and kind of got into uh throughout the years so that is my number one true i think the wonder years is a really good like if that's your jumping off point that's you're set up for success you know i'm not even i'm I'll be honest, I'm not really that big of a Wonder Years fan, but I have a lot of respect for that band. Dan Campbell, or Soupy, as many of you will know him. Yeah. Um, just seems like a genuinely good dude, and you know, everybody that's ever met him seems to have a story about him, uh, to a point where it's actually kind of nauseating sometimes listening to people talk about him. Um I love the Wonder Years, but sometimes I think their fans are insufferable. Yeah, that reminds me a lot of when I was um, when I was like a huge brand new fan. Like I loved loved that band, but uh, being around other fans of that band a lot of the times was just like this is too much. Yeah, this is like this isn't a cult, dude. Like this is your favorite band, and if it's your favorite band, I respect that. But like anybody, <laughs> anybody within the sound of my voice who says something along the lines of this band is my life get a new life <laughs> that that's probably true but no I, I got into the wonder years like it's weird i remember looking finding them on myspace i think it was december of 2009 what you found them on myspace yeah that's how old it was. like I that is that. that is how old like this fandom goes and i remember like I listened to a few songs by them and kind of like, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool and kind of forgot about it's it. It's all over now, baby blue. Yeah, that was on there. And like old MySpace, like, you know, music and that, that, that kind of thing. Genuinely good song, by the way. Yes, for sure. Um, and I kind of forgot about it. And then like a month later, that was right when the Upsides came out. And... They did their release show in Boston. Like, they did, like, a release tour of, like, different shows and everything. And I really wanted to go to it, but I had no way of getting it because, you know, 15-year-old kid. 
We've all been there. True. So, and then ever since then, like that that album like hit me like um, it really like made a, a ton go- of bricks. It made a good dent on me. Um, was my favorite album for quite a while. Um, I'd say it's still up there, but probably not for like. It's probably just for like nostalgia at this point. True. That is one album I wish there was a 10-year reunion tour for. If there was a tour for that album, like a 10-year album tour, that... You'd be crowd surfing. (laughs) Well, that's not the only thing. That is probably... That is probably the only concert I would buy multiple dates for and follow for like a little bit, if I could. That's probably you doing that. That's probably the only time I would ever do that. And I've met people that have done that for even stupider bands. True. All right. Well, I would say that kind of similar to you, uh, in terms of like gateways. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if any of our listeners have heard of this band. Um, Paramore. (laughs) Dude, you're so edgy and you're so wow, dude. So underground. Dude, dude, that band that band slaps. I don't care what anybody says. Like front to back, that catalog is that's about as close to a flawless catalog as you can get. Like every band like every every album not every it's not that every album is like great, but they have as far as like alternative and guitar paste as far as alternative and guitar based music goes, you're gonna struggle to find a band with a better discography. Like that was growing up i remember so in my parents house uh at some point i got like a stereo system with unreasonably large speakers and like a six cd changer and the whole thing and i had some cds but i didn't have like a big collection or anything i was this is like elementary school like fifth sixth seventh grade when i was really starting to like when i was really starting to discover like music as a whole um i got my first guitar around this time and everything else so we're talking like 2006 2007 and when misery business was on the radio like something about that song it was so like it was it was pop music it was still pop music like i had been listening to since like i had first discovered that like hey music is a thing and i like melodies and stuff and it still had that it still had that like it had that sugary sweet hook and it had like it had guitars in the way that i kind of knew guitars because i was starting to discover like classic rock and i wanted to play guitar and things like that but it was so punchy and it was still like aggressive and it was not like anything else that you were hearing on the radio at that time true and to have like to have a song like that as kind of like your entry point into everything else and it wasn't even really my entry point. Like I had already, I had already been hearing Green Day and stuff. Like American Idiot was already like l- very much in my consciousness. I feel like, like American Idiot is probably the first, like, edgy. I don't, I don't want to. It's not edgy, but like I would say, like it's different. Well, it's, it's, it's different it's, than it's, what your dad listened to. Yeah, it's and it's, it's rock. edgy, but it's edgy, but it's not edgy in like 2019 terms, right? Oh, it's yeah. not edgy in like a in an ironic like oh you're so edgy way. It was like, like especially especially at that time, it was edgy in that way that it's just like you know you're listening to the uncensored versions of American Idiot and Holiday and like so many tracks true. off that album where you're just like oh like there's there there's like a whole other part of this music thing that I am not aware of yet. Yeah. 
So like that, like I had already kind of had my gateway with that. And like, that was still when I was like, there was still the last vestiges of like Lincoln Park on the radio and stuff like that. So I was really kind of into like the metal side of things up until that point. And because of metal, I was starting to get into classic rock and then I got my first guitar. So I was really like, I was really kind of heading that direction. And then it was really misery business being on the radio and then me discovering like the rest of Paramore's catalog in addition to like stuff by Fallout Boy that was on the radio and stuff like that, where it was just like, oh, there's a, there's this whole other thing over here where it's basically just like kids playing power chords and, you know, all of this other kind of thing that like that was the that was the gateway that was the thing that got me into it and led me to um for a time bands like brand new bands like taking back sunday manchester orchestra like you get to all that that is like those are huge bands but they are not um they're huge bands but like in their own circles they're not broadly known it's um what's the cult followings right like i would one of the things i appreciate about um, I almost said Fall Out Boy, but but I said it anyways. Uh, I would say Paramore. They have such mass appeal to like everyone. Like you, like they have. They reach every single person, like even like. Well, and they go, and part of that reason is because like it's not it's not mass appeal in the way that like radio pop music is mass appeal. Right. It's just like we're gonna appeal to the lowest common denominator, and because of that millions upon millions of people are going to want to listen to me it's mass appeal because every time they go in like a slightly different direction it's always it's always guitar based it's like they are a rock band yeah but they will play they will play funk songs they will go the fully pop direction they'll pull it back and do more like folk things they'll do big like aggressive ish punk songs and they do all of those things well right they they do like I, I remember like I was like driving somewhere once and uh, my girlfriend put on like a Paramore song and like I was like I was enjoying it and I was like oh who is this and she's like oh Paramore I'm like wait what like Paramore really because like I like I mean I'll be honest with you I stopped caring about Paramore after the whole after like misery business and like um like riot um not because like i was like oh this is bad i was just like i was busy listening to other things yeah that tends to happen like you're just like oh shit like this is really good well paramore paramore for me has become like the avengers of music so like if you think in terms of marvel movies right there's like there's so many different movies and they're all like different genres of movie and they all have their little kind of like different pieces and that's like every other band yeah every other band is all the like individual like one-off movies the guardians of the galaxy iron man everything else paramore is the avengers of music for me like that is the tentpole release like every few years you get the paramore album and it's just like everything else stops that's the only thing that i'm going to listen to for six months it's like they do what they do so well now what do you think of the new Haley williams album the new Haley Williams, the new Haley Williams album is an interesting thing. Uh, I, I've been talking to a lot of people about it, and my thing with that is that the Haley Williams album for me is like going to see. Um, I got the opportunity to go to France when I was a senior in high school, right? Okay. 
and I went to the Louvre, I went to go see the Mona Lisa. And you go and you see the Mona Lisa and you see the real thing behind all the glass and the security and everything else, but you get to like see this painting that has been in your consciousness since you were in elementary school, right? Right. It's real, like it is cool and it is like an experience to go and see that and see everything else in that museum. But after you've done it once, it's just kind of like, all right, I saw it. That was very cool. That was a great experience. I'm glad that I did it, but like not, you know, I'm not, I'm not booking another trip to Paris to go see the Mona Lisa. Okay. That's kind of how I feel about the Haley Williams thing where it's like, I really appreciate this. I get what she's going for. I love a lot of what's going on there. And even some of the songs are, even some of the individual songs, like I do kind of hum along to every once in a while or whatever. But for the most part, the album as a whole is just kind of like really glad she went solo for an album. Right. Really glad I got to see that. And a lot of the visuals that went along with it, the music videos and stuff like that are awesome. But uh, can I get some more Paramore? <laughs> I, I think that's fair. I mean, like, for a while, myself included, but I think a lot of people thought that, like, of Paramore as her band. I mean, it is, like, and I mean, like, it was kind of like the... It's kind of in the way of Brandon Urie of Panic at the Disco. Like, everyone from Panic kind of quit, and now it's just Brandon Urie. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, how Paramore is, except it's not yeah. at now. So I so Paramore, especially if you've been paying attention, they've never been that. They've always gotten tagged with that, but they've never I actually. I thought that like was been because that. they've always had like a rotating cast of different people. I know that some people have come back, like you've told me about, but like. Yeah, and it's it's hard not to think of them in that fashion, um, and that's part of the reason why we never got like a Haley Williams solo album until just now. Right, but uh, that makes yeah, more the, sense now. Yeah, and like it's a good it's a good album. Like I enjoy I enjoyed the whole rollout, the way she like spaced it out and everything else, and the album as a whole is great. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I would have in my heart of hearts would have rather had just another Paramore album. But she she went off and did what exactly what she wanted to do, and I think uh, Haley Williams of all people in inter- in like alternative music has earned that right. <laughs> yeah, she has, and she's talented enough. Uh, absolutely, like. Pete Wentz could never do that. He's he's not talented. He tried enough. when Fallout Boy was on hiatus. <laughs> he's not talented enough. Yeah, it was it was bad. Yeah, he needs Patrick Stump. Yeah. So that's my uh, that's my number one. Cool. Um, I think, and I mean, I don't know what another one for you is, but I'm gonna put this one, and you're welcome to pick this one as well. But my second one is Basement. Basement will be up there. I don't think it's on my. I don't think it's one of the. I don't think it's one of the ones that I would put on my list. But yeah, basement's basement's up there. For me, basement. Um, first off, great albums. Um, I remember one of my friends. He was like, he was trying to talk me into seeing their last show, like U.S. show in like Pennsylvania. And I was like. I was like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't really know this band that well. Like, I don't know if I want to go to Pennsylvania for it. And, like, then, like, a year went by, got really into them, and I was like, fuck. Really did. <laughs> Should have gone. Should have done that. And um, it's not just that they, I mean, like, I, I really like their music. They were, like, a good jumping off point um, for a lot of music in that sort of, like, grungy 90s alternative sound. 
but also they kind of turned me on to run for cover as True. a whole. Um, that was that kind of um, that's why I'm putting them up as far as this as high as this. Um, now, for those who don't know at home, run for cover is pretty well known indie label uh, record label. They have great bands such as they've put out Title Fight. They've put out uh, Title Fight. They've put out uh, Super Heaven, Super Heaven, um, Young Gov, Gov, Gov. Yeah, that's a recent one. Um, Field Medic. They've put out Elvis Depressley. Uh, they put out the early Pine Grove Records, Citizen. Who else? Uh, Turnover. Just pity Just sex. So many. Too many yeah. bands to list and um, to name, and they were kind of my jumping off point into getting from that. In getting into that band got me into several other bands, um, which I can appreciate. And um, every chance I get to see Basement, I always take that opportunity. I remember I saw them at Madison Square Garden opening for Weezer, um, which. That was That's sick, awesome. but they only played four songs. Yeah, welcome to arena shows. Yeah, you know, that was a bummer, but Weezer put on yeah. a good show. Basement and Title Fight in particular, especially like going into college and everything else, like those those two bands were kind of the like impetus for making a lot of friends. Like you and I, the first show that we ever went to together, like right after we decided that we were going to be roommates our freshman year, was to go see um, a Lost for Words. Yeah play like a benefit show at a Knights of Columbus hall. But a few months later, um, we went to go see one of basement's reunion shows at the Sinclair in Boston. So like, yeah, very important band. Yeah. Especially in our friendship. That's such a crazy, a loss for words show that we that went to. That was insane. Were you, that I didn't, I didn't even get to see a loss for words. Did you catch Paris at least? I saw part of Paris and then I had to, I had to take off that band. My, uh, Oh Yeah my my grandfather had a heart attack so i went to meet a bunch of my family up in boston that night but yeah that was like even even just that made that one of those nights that i'll never remember where it was like all right i'm gonna go hang out and like spend some time with this kid who's gonna be my roommate now yeah and uh <laughs> then i just had i like looked down at my phone i think it was like two or three songs into paris's set where i i like looked down at my phone and i was like i have 14 missed calls from like my mom and one of my aunts and my dad like i'm gonna step outside and see what's up yeah and then and then we actually got to hang out a little bit at that basement show true 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 which true. we've talked about before so yeah that's a that's a that's a good number two that's a good one um you're welcome to steal it man i think my i think my number two Paramore's Paramore's definitely definitely number one. I think number two is going to tie into my recommendation from last week. I think number two is the Menzingers. Um, I didn't really discover them until late in college. Uh, I had always kind of written them off. Really, yeah. heard a lot about them, their road dogs and stuff, but I had never bothered to listen to them because a lot of the people that I had met that were Menzingers fans were just kind of like kind of like what we were talking about with the Wonder Years fans, where it was always kind of like uh, people that like this band, people that like this band don't seem to be people that I get along with very well that's so, fair i mean 
it was kind of like, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm better off. I've got other things to listen to. Uh, but once I discovered them, just that like that like working man songwriting kind of deal, they're really good at storytelling, but while they're still maintaining that like punk rock kind of loud guitars, bombastic drums kind of deal, that, that band, uh, like I said during my recommendation last week, I don't think they have a bad album. There's not many songs in their catalog that I ever want to skip. Like they've just, they've nailed that Americana storytelling thing while also being undeniably a punk rock band, which is just so sick. That's so true. They've just, I mean, the On the Impossible Past is a perfect album. The past two albums that they've put out, um, Hello Exile and the other one's After name party? is escaping me. After the Party, yes. Those are, those are like, those three albums are some of my favorite albums of all time. There's no skips. There's no anything. They've just put, they've just got such a great catalog of songs. There's no, that's all, <laughs> that's all I can say. I can't even wax poetic about it because I love it too much. They do. I mean, I remember, that is like one band I have yet to see. Um, and I've been meaning to like, see them live um i got into them like like right when rented world came out um that's a great record um i remember being hooked with like i don't want to be an asshole anymore i don't want to be an asshole anymore incredible album opener um that is such a good one and in remission just the way that song start the way that song starts lyrically is just i dare any other band to ever write something that that's that is like that good that just reminds me of every night i've ever had at like the galaxy or like any like like basement show yeah they do such a good job they're like a they're like a fairly big band but they do such a good job of just conjuring those images of just like i'm hanging out in the basement with my friends watching some crappy band play and like drinking a 40 and like yeah just hanging out yeah like and on the impossible uh pass that is like that's one of the best records of like that's one of the best modern punk records of all time Casey by the Menzingers is arguably one of the most beautiful songs of all time. And if you don't know that or don't understand that, shame on you. It's perfect. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. That is it. It's definitely up there. So that's my uh, that's my number two for number three. That's tough. Um, That is tough. I mean, I would say. As far as hardcore goes, because I was pretty into hardcore back in my youth, still am. Um, there are still a bunch of bands that I still mess with, I still listen to, I still love. Uh, now it's few and far between at this point, because a lot of it just doesn't sound that good to me. Um, but I would say one that really made a difference to me was Half Heart. Um, that's a good one. And that is a band. I, it's another one of those bands. I wish I got into sooner, but I didn't. I remember I got into them like just the next year when they, they had already broken up. Um, it's actually funny. One of my friends went to the last show, um, not the reunion, but the last show back in 2009. And, you could see him on the DVD and everything. Like I watch the DVD every probably once a year or so, because I just think it's so good to watch. I think there's 
some good the energy in that room i i just have never seen that before ever um have heart was a great band um i would say one of the more influential bands in hardcore um i would definitely look them up if you are not into if you have never heard of them which i don't know um just an all-around good band especially if you're into hardcore just good band they have solid lyrics about real life um it's not i mean like the thing i hate about most hardcore especially back then like 2000s hardcore a lot of it is like that oh i love my crew i love my friends like like all these girls hate me blah 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 like like that kind of thing they don't they don't talk about that they talk about real life stuff it's all positive um it's very positive thinking in a very aggressive manner i love it um the the machinist that song still gives me chills um it's at the part where uh it's like the voice uh where like there's a big pause in it and like with the bass i think that is like that still gives me chills to this day for whatever reason can't explain it um just it's it's from the things that we carry i think it's the best album that they've ever written and then also songs to scream at the sun come on the same sun that is like one of the best and most beautiful songs and positive thinking songs to ever listen to um if you yeah, want to get it, undeniably, undeniably one of the best bands in hardcore. If you to ever do it, if you want to get your foot in the door with hardcore and you're considering it, I would start off with Half Heart and then move your way around to Suggested. But that is one you have to get into. True. All right, and I think we'll finish it out with my number three. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say my number three is probably uh, the band Manchester Orchestra. They, again, another band with a solid catalog. They've got great songs. They, like, their earlier albums are not as good as some of the stuff that they put out over the course of the past probably five to ten years. But they, instrumentally, they do such a good job of doing, like, that, like, post-rock cinematic kind of deal. They're very dynamic. They've got, like, great control live and in the studio over their sound and their volume and everything else. Like, they Mm -hmm. do a really good job of, like, emotionally conveying things. Um, Andy Hull, one of my favorite vocalists of all time, he just has this, his voice sounds like a bell. It's just clear and it rings out and it's so, it's so pleasing to listen to whether it's just him with an acoustic guitar or like him, like his voice breaking over the sound of like huge, huge walls of sound. Like that dude is just, he's just a fantastic songwriter and they'll like... He's got that kind of like everyman thing. There's some like, there's a lot of religious imagery and everything else, but he still manages to do those kind of songs in a way that just sounds like, uh, like he's just a dude, which is just so pleasing every time that I get onto like a Manchester orchestra kick. They do, they do that sound better than probably anybody that I can think of. Oh yeah. And they just, you and I have seen them live before. They put uh, on a Terminal good show. Five. Um, I mean like He's not my thing, but I can. Appre- There's something to appreciate about him and his live show. 
yeah, those I've seen them twice live and I've seen Andy solo once. And it's just like, I think that, I think the thing that gets me is that it's just, it's just mesmerizing. That's the thing about the live show is that you're watching this band that is just like, they are in control the entire time. Or even if it's just him with an acoustic guitar, which I got to see in Cambridge years ago. Yeah it's just like it's mesmerizing you're watching it and you can't look away from the stage because like you're just watching somebody do what they do on a level that not many other people ever get to reach and they're the yeah the manchester orchestra awesome band yeah so i think that's about i think that's about it and we've basically i'm gonna say this we've each given kind of three bands to uh to recommend and go check out i think this week we might forego uh recommendations dan will give two to make up for uh my lack of one all right my recommendation is to keep listening to the packy run because i spend a lot of time editing these things and putting them out so true um so my recommendation is the band nudie mag uh they just put out a new record car called our milk um, it's kind of that fun, kind of like a power pop, like Weezer type of sound. Uh, very fun record to listen to. I would highly recommend that record. Confirmed good band. I saw you post about them on Instagram and listened to them on my ride home today. Really? I didn't even know that. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're, they, I was like, I, I, I've been on like a kick with them lately, um, good band yeah um and my second recommendation is for all people to consider and it is start a skincare routine um (laughs) tight i i just started a skincare routine and let me tell you it makes a world of a difference gotta wash it you gotta moisturize and you got to exfoliate you got to moisturize twice a day So in the morning and at night and wash, and you got to exfoliate twice a week. Those are my recommendations. I can't give you brands, but that's what you got to do. Go to the drugstore, pick up some stuff. Also, pick up a face lotion. You need to put on some face lotion, some sunscreen for your face, just so you don't get sunburn and so you don't look like, uh, you know, you get rid of uh, those aging circles fantastic ideas and if you have a beard i suggest getting some beard wash and some beard oil keep that thing looking nice keep that thing looking nice i back that recommendation get get like a comb come on just because you're not seeing anything and seeing anyone in quarantine doesn't mean you gotta look like a complete fucking slob agreed so Keep up the face wash, start that skincare routine, clean that beard if you have one. I love it. All right. Um, And I guess we will sign off with that. Perfect. We'll catch you guys next week with, uh, well, let's just say that there might be something a little bit special. He means a live episode where we're both in the same room and not over FaceTime. It's a reunion episode. Yes, a reunion episode. So, um... We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.